0: I'm Dr. Walter Malone, Jr. I want to thank you for joining me for this segment of Tailored to Win, that I might share with you some insights that can inspire, inform, and empower your life. I want to share with you today from the idea in the form of a question, did you think to pray? This question is taken from a wonderful book written by R. T. Kendall, did you think to pray. We understand that prayer is a discipline that can make the difference in anyone's life. Prayer is a spiritual discipline that can shape the way we think and it can give us the power to live with victory. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, there is this prayer that everyone is most familiar with that has been referred to so many times as the Lord's Prayer. But in actuality, it's really not best to be understood or described as the Lord's Prayer, as it should be referred to as the Model Prayer. If one really wanted to read and study the Lord's Prayer, it would be better to study the high priestly prayer in the Gospel of John chapter 17 as Jesus is standing on the pericope of about to be crucified on a cross at Calvary, and he prays for the disciples and he prays for us. But this prayer in Luke's Gospel is better to be recognized as the model prayer. Many of you know it by heart. It has been called the Lord's Prayer, but again, it would be best referred to as the model prayer. It is a prayer that Jesus taught the disciples in response to a question that they raised to him. The disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. The disciples asked Jesus to pray because they had watched his lifestyle, they had observed how he carried himself, And they began to make a connection between his prayer life and the power that he manifested in his ministry. And seeing the relationship between his prayer and his power, they wanted Jesus to teach them how to pray in an effective manner. And in response to their request, it is this prayer that we study in Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, uh, verses 2 through 4 that gives us what you could really call principles of prayer. I want to bring to your attention just a certain part of this prayer today, and I want to bring your attention to the part of the prayer where Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're talking about a particular aspect of the prayer. And that is we're praying that God's will will be worked out in this world. And what does it mean when we're saying to God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We understand that God has a will for our lives individually. And he also has a will for the, for the world uh, as a whole. Uh, God wants his kingdom to become a reality in the world in which we live, and he wants his uh, kingdom to become a, uh, a reality in our lives and to have the place of preeminence in our hearts. So when we pray for the will of God, we're saying to God, we want what you want, O God, to become a reality in our life and the world in which we live. Now, when we pray that prayer, Are we really being serious about the prayer that we pray when we look at the world in which we live, in a world that is marked so often by trouble and trials and sorrow and struggle and difficulties and disappointments and chaos and confusion, when we are saying to God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are we just uttering words? Are we going through the motion? Do we really feel like that we can pray that prayer and it have meaning? and have uh, authenticity for the living of our days. And I want to say to you that we pray that prayer with all sincerity because we're saying to God, While we understand that we do not control everything that happens in the world, we're saying to God, but since you are our sovereign Lord, then God, let your will be done in my life. And if your will is done in my life, then I can live my life in such a way that I make a contribution to the reality of your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, when I pray that prayer, your will be done on earth, earth as it is in heaven, I must also acknowledge the fact that there are times when I may struggle with the will of God. Uh, particularly with what's going on in my life, because sometimes I have a Job experience. That is, uh, trials and tribulations can come that I did not seek and I did not ask for. You remember that everything was going fine in Job's life, that Job was committed to God. He was a man who was upright. He shunned evil and he wanted uh, to please God. But one day, he got ambushed by the unexpected. One report after another came in until Job had lost everything. His ten children had been killed. And there Job is. And Job says to God, uh, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So sometimes when it comes to the will of God, I struggle with his will because I don't understand why I'm having to deal with certain uh, vicissitudes of life that uh, I didn't necessarily bring upon myself. I could see if I could trace it back to a decision that I made and I'm dealing with the consequences of my decisions. But sometimes we have to deal with the unreconcilable woes of life is that we just didn't see where it was coming from. And we didn't expect it, nor did we anticipate it. But here it is now. We've got, we've got to deal with it. So we're saying to God, uh, what does this have to do with my life? And how is this uh, becoming... A vessel for your will uh, to be worked out in my life and in the world. So sometimes I struggle with His will because I didn't understand what it was that I was having to grapple with. But I've discovered, like Job, that even when I cannot trace God, I can trust God. That I've got to, uh, I've got to believe in God even when life doesn't make any sense. On the other hand. Sometimes I struggle with the will of God, not because I don't know what his will is, but because I do know what his will is. I think now about the Apostle Paul who wanted to go to Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit said to him, No, uh, I don't want you to go to Bithynia, but I want you to go down to Macedonia because I've got a mission for you to carry out in Macedonia. So Paul had to surrender. He had to submit his will to God's will and go to where God wanted him to go. How often do we know the will of God, we know what he wants us to do, but our struggle is that in knowing what he wants us to do, we know that it's going to cost us. It could cost us time, it could cost us talents, it could cost us treasures, in some cases it might even cost us our lives, but we have to do what God has called us to do. And so there have been times in my life when God wanted me to do something and I knew what it was, but I knew that it was going to require a sacrifice on my part. It may call for some suffering on my part. It may be that I could be ridiculed or criticized, uh, maybe misunderstood because what I'm doing is so much related to the kingdom of God. But then I discovered that when I know what he wants me to do, and what he wants me to do is going to be challenging that I must surrender and submit to his blessed will and say to God, as Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but thy will be done. And so what a wonderful principle to pray in our prayers when we say to God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he gives us the faith to trust him for the outcome, knowing that all things work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God bless you. Let's keep praying and trusting God for the results. Thank you for sharing with us today for this segment of Tailor to Win. I pray that this word has brought encouragement and empowerment to equip you to live a faithful and fruitful life to the glory of Jesus Christ.